Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Extra Point Podcast. My name is Todd Stiles. I'm one of the pastors at First Family Church in Ankeny. Today's Tuesday, March the 8th. Really glad you've joined us. As you may know, or perhaps you don't know, the Extra Point Podcast is a few minutes each Tuesday designed to help provide some further application or even more uh, observation in regards to the text that we preached from last Sunday. And just last Sunday, Stan preached for us from 1 Peter chapter 1, focusing in on the phrase, the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a phrase in verse 13, and Stan's job was to kind of act as an interlude for us, giving us more insight into perhaps what that uh, phrase means and um, more about it and how to prepare for it. And so he did a great job at that, teaching us that it is the apocalypse or the unveiling, the revealing of Jesus that is coming. And one thing Stan mentioned but did not go into great detail was that there are various views of the revelation of Jesus Christ, what we more commonly refer to as the coming of Christ, even more specifically and more com- coming, uh, excuse me, more specifically and more commonly, the second coming of Christ. And Stan mentioned, of course, and I would wholeheartedly agree that at First Family we are pro-coming. And I like the way he put it when he said that we don't make the various views a point of division, though they are a point of discussion. It's not our intent to spend a lot of time worrying about the timing of his coming, but more being enthralled with and anticipating the person of his coming, which is Jesus himself. And so I couldn't appreciate more and just really thank Stan for bringing us again uh, to this central point of our agreement that we anticipate and long for Christ to return. For the sake of this podcast, however, let me um, risk doing maybe what Stan said. Let me uh, take a minute and talk about some of the different views that are out there regarding the timing of the Lord's return. We could say these are views on the end times, I would probably rather say they are specifically views about the coming of Christ and His timing. I don't want to overemphasize them because I I don't want to disobey really what Jesus told the early disciples, that it was not for them to know the times or the seasons, but instead to be an on-mission kind of person. But for the sake of the podcast, and it's okay to discuss them at times, not for division's sake, but just uh, for discussion's sake, let me give you Uh, seven uh, views on the coming of Christ, the second coming of Christ, or the apocalypse, the unveiling, the revealing, or the revelation of Jesus Christ. Um, The first three center around the timing of the coming of Christ in regards to the tribulation, which in the Bible, uh, in some schematics, is a seven-year period And so some would hold to what we call, first of all, a pre-tribulation coming of Christ. These are mainly folks who are dispensational, and they would say that the coming of Christ, the second coming, occurs before the tribulation. And of course, this assumes a literal seven-year tribulation, but for the sake of this um, uh, content, we are assuming that at least for these first three. So the first view is a pre-tribulational coming of Christ. The second one is a mid-tribulational coming of Christ. This is those who hold that Christ returns, oh, three and a half years into this tribulation period, uh, often called a a halfway point 
some would see this perhaps um, as coming before the Great Tribulation, which is sometimes referred to as the last three and a half years. This is also known perhaps as the wrath of the Lamb view. Just keep that in mind. And a third view in regards to the coming of Christ and its timing based on the tribulation would be what we call a post-tribulation return of Christ. This is, of course, those who would hold that Christ comes after this seven-year period. So those are the first three views, and they are based on or kind of connected to the, the event called the tribulation, and they're kind of worded in a way that lets you know what they think about its timing, whether it's pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib. There's two other views that are mentioned um, that people hold. These would be views in regards to the coming of Christ in relation to the millennium. And of course there, the millennium is a 1,000-year a period of reign, whether or not it is symbolic, or I should say metaphorical, or whether it's literal is the question. Those who believe the millennium is a literal 1,000-year reign of Christ, they believe Christ returns pre-millennium. And so we often refer to them as pre-mill. Uh, the longer word is, uh, someone would say, I'm a pre-millennialist. They believe the coming of Christ occurs before His 1,000-year reign. Notice that in this view, they're not using any of the tribulation language because I don't think their concern is the tribulation or when He comes in regards to that event, if they even think it is event. Their concern is that He comes before the millennium, and so they would be more known as premillennial in their view of the coming of Christ. And the fifth view would be what we call amillennialist. They would be ones who believe that Christ is coming, but that His coming will be um, at the end of the millennium, ushering in the eternal state because they believe the millennium is now. And this is where the word amillennial is actually a little bit of a misnomer. Uh, you know, usually when you have the negative a or a in front of a word, it does exactly that. It negates the word. But amillennialists don't believe that there is no millennium. They simply believe that the kingdom or the millennium is now or a word they often use is the word realize. And so they would say that the language of Revelation and the thousand years even is metaphorical or symbolic for the church age, and that when Christ comes, it will consummate what is now really the, the reign of Christ or the millennium. And of course, when He comes, then there will be ushered in the eternal state. And so they're known as amillennialists. So that's five views. Three of them are known by their um, timing in relation to the tribulation, and then two are known by their timing in relation to the millennium. There are two other views, and I'm speaking here somewhat um, gently because I'm not real familiar with these views. I could just read you some research, but I'd rather just kind of talk to you um, maybe on a real, uh, you know, elementary level, as I have really all these views. This has not been at all an in-depth view. It's just been more of a labeling. But there's two other views that I think would, would be labeled or named in relation to their timing of a certain year, or we could even say an event, and that would be the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D. And so these two views are what we'd call a preterist view, 
and they would hold that really everything has already occurred and it happened 70 AD um, or before. And so they would say that everything pertaining to Christ's coming has occurred. Uh, the other view would be the partial preterist view, and they would say that some things have occurred uh, in relation to Christ's coming, and I think perhaps in that view they still do believe Christ is still to come, but most of what relates to it has already occurred at 70 A.D. or before. And so this, is, would, be, this would be the preterist view or the partial preterist view. Now, in regards to the first five views, let me just make sure this is clear. None of those views are in any way heretical. Uh, you can hold any of those views and, and really uh, be within much support from Scripture. And some would disagree with that. Some would say, well, this view doesn't have much support. But I think if you talk to someone who is one of those first five, uh, you're going to find they have a number of passages and Scriptures that are used to defend their stance. And so just remember that we have brothers and sisters who who vary on the timing of Christ's return, and they tie it to different events, whether it's the tribulation or the millennium. And there are scriptures that seem to lean in the way of each of these five. So I would say be confident in your own mind um, with a clear conscience, and then let's be uh, let's relate to each other very charitably and civilly as we perhaps seek to disagree agreeably. In regards to the final two views and the question of are they orthodox or is one or both of them heresy, I think here's where most land on this. And again, the jury's out on preterism, but um, at least partial preterists, most of them consider preterism to be um, heresy or outside of real biblical teaching uh, preterism believes that all biblical prophecies have been fulfilled and thus would, by nature of their, uh, by definitional nature of their doctrine, would hold that the return of Christ has been fulfilled. And so most uh, people would see preterism as outside the bounds of that and would consider it to be false. Uh, partial preterism still believes in the return of Christ. Uh, and so just understand that of these final two, there is some debate. Are they both orthodox, partial preterism? Partial preterism seems, yes, to be within that camp, of course. Uh, preterism, full uh, and hearty preterism, perhaps not. Um, but they are still two views in regards to how people see the coming of Christ. And so I want to give you these seven views, not to create arguments or division, but just to help bring the discussion to the table that there are different views on the coming of Christ Here's what I want to encourage you to do, and I mentioned the word already, and I'll say it again, I'll repeat it to make sure that, that this is really what occupies our attention. I think it's wisest to be pro-coming and on mission. And I think this is the heartbeat of Acts chapter 1, as well as Paul's epistles uh, to the Thessalonians, when his emphasis was, yes, you know the Lord is coming back. Do not be shaken, do not be alarmed. When Jesus says to his disciples, listen, don't be shaken and alarmed or don't be captivated by timing details and events. Instead, you know I'm coming back. I promise that. So be about my mission. And I think the real heartbeat of, of the New Testament letters and of Christ's words are to make sure that we're not distracted by timing details, but instead motivated by the, 
the fact and person that he's coming back so that we are all about the mission of making disciples. A sense of urgency should be about our lives because Christ is returning. And so I just want to urge you here today to make sure that you are pro-coming and on mission. Yes, you may have particular details about that coming that you hold uh, deeply, that you may firmly believe. We rejoice with you, and we may find that you and someone else and a third person could all three disagree, and yet those three could could all be pro-coming and on mission. And that's, as a pastor, that's what I'm really aiming at and want our people to kind of get their hands around, that we be a body um, full of people who are pro-coming and on mission. I trust this resonates with your soul today and your heart and that you'll make your life about God's mission in light of His soon-to-be revealing of His Son, Jesus Christ. Till next week, my name's Todd. I'm glad you've joined us, and I trust this has been helpful, and I'll see you and talk to you again next week on the Extra Point Podcast.